Worm the Hockey Podcast, back in the saddle. This time we are episode one of our developmental and junior hockey uh, playoff or separation uh, show, because we we're, we're officially start separating it, f- officially kind of making it its own thing. Uh, so episode one covering junior hockey, uh, NCAA, developmental hockey, across the board. Uh, this week, uh, episode one will be kind of the introduction to it, um, seeing as it's not only the first episode, but also as every league kind of heads into the playoffs. So we will touch a little bit on that and touch on where we stand and where we see it going in terms of the developmental side. And then we will close up and uh, look forward to next week for episode two. So, But this week to start, uh, we will cover... Um, I know you wanted to cover some developmental stuff. Yep. Maybe um, finish off with maybe that. Finish but... off with it. And um, but to start, we can kind of um, give a quick a summary, I guess, and everything about um, the different leagues heading into the playoffs, from major junior to junior A, and all that stuff. Yep. BCHL's in full swing. Playoffs are uh, some some of the first round matchups are already done. Yep. Trail swept. PG, PG yep. Penticton beat West Kelowna 4-1, uh, Salmon Arm swept Victoria, Vernon is up 3-1 on Wenatchee, Coquitlam swept Langley, Chilliwack and Surrey is 2-2, Nanaimo is on the verge of sweeping Albany Valley, and Cowichan Valley is up 3-1 on Powell River. Yep. It, uh, the, these first round matchups, because so many teams in the BC make it, and because there is so much disparity between the top and the bottom, some of these were kind of anticlimactic and that's i guess that's the way this, it goes the second but, round will be where it starts yeah but I, you know i'd like BCHO. to i'd like to really uh there's something that dawned on me as we as we got from from today rewinding to the showcase that we went to in september there are some teams that are extremely good right now that haven't i mean every year as much as you have to salute the excellence that fred harbinson and the v's put on the ice that there are teams that have, through the draft and through diligent development, uh, have really become good teams. And and they, like in junior hockey, you're recycling every year or two, so it's hard to maintain. But when you look at uh, at Coquitlam and Nanaimo and Chilliwack and some of the teams that are either really good or becoming really good, you have to salute that. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them are becoming juggernauts. I'm especially, as we talked uh, just before the show, especially looking forward to, uh, is it uh, Trail and Salmon Arm, isn't it? Or, or is it yeah, Coquitlam? Trail and Salmon Arm are in the second round. Coquitlam is on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. It's Trail and Salmon Arm. That series is going to be maybe the best that we'll see until the semis. That's going to be a yep. two big straight-ahead teams that are that I wish we could get to see those. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, Penticton, Vernon, if Vernon wins, of course, will be a a good one. Um, and then uh, Coquitlam will, will um, deal with the Chilliwacks and the Surreys and the Couch and Valleys and all that yeah. stuff. So um, so it, it, it the second round is kind of, and especially in the BCHL, is where it really kind of kicks off. So, um, but uh, which is not the same across Junior A. Um, it might be. Um, Sherwood Park and Brooks are the two teams in the in the AJ that are 
the equivalent of your Penticton and Coquitlam in the BC. Yeah. Uh, they've got they, buys to the second round. Um, so you've got, uh, you got the storm and the saints in the first round, oil barons and Wolverines, thunder and Pontiacs, uh, different things like that. Olds, Grizzlies, uh, drum hell dragons, the Eagles and the Kodiak and the Kodiaks playing. Um, and then the Brooks bandits, the Sherwood uh, Park Crusaders and the Okotoks Oilers are in this buys into the second round in the AJ. If you look at, and you know me, I don't, I never stray far from the money side of, of what makes it tick. Uh, you look at the Alberta Junior Hockey League and the economy over the last few years has really been struggling in Alberta because of the the oil industry. Uh, it's affected the real estate market. It's affected everything. But corporate involvement in the AJ is spectacular. It's still good. All these communities have so much good corporate sponsorship. They have so much community support. Uh, and I pick out a team like the Bobcats in, uh, in Lloydminster. Three or four years ago, they were for sale. They were you know, there was talk of them either folding or trying to find new ownership. There was a, you know, a big community rally put on and they're healthy and looking good right now. So there's that league, regardless of what it develops as far as NC2A players and pros, uh, boy, the, the, uh, the corporate involvement there, you really have to stand up and salute those guys. They, they step forward uh, every year they have for a generation and it's becoming better and better all the time. It is. It is. Um, the junior A across the board is becoming better and better all the time um, from coast to coast, which is good to see. You're seeing NCAA commitments across across the board. Yep. Um, it's, so it's, it's not just major junior, um, but it's the developmental league, which, it, which you could argue junior A is a developmental league for the basis of NC2A or major junior. So it's um, the American Hockey League is a developmental league. Even you could argue the NHL being a developmental league in a lot of ways. Well, you could argue it on the basis that, on the basis that, you never stop learning or getting better. Correct. I mean, to the day he retired, I, you hear you heard Wayne Gretzky t- say that he was constantly getting better and learning new things. So always, um, and that's arguably the greatest hockey player of all time. So there's an argument to be made that developmental hockey is hockey altogether. It never stops, but, um, you never, you never really get to the point where you just say, okay, I've got it now. Well, yeah, I'm, good. I'm, I'm in the NHL. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, some guys do. And then uh, a couple they months later they're long. unemployed. Um, it's the Saskatchewan junior hockey league. Their playoffs are getting are beginning um, on Friday, the sixth of March. Yorkton Yorkton Terriers, Laron Jice Wolves, Melford Mustangs, Estevan Bruins, Flin Flon Bombers, the Humboldt Broncos, uh, the Battleford uh, North Stars, Nippon Hawks. Those are all your matchups in uh, round one in the SJ. Uh, it's good to see Humboldt continue to push forward after everything a couple of years ago. Positively, and coming up on another unfortunate anniversary, but um, in the face of that tragedy, as we remember every year, how many good things came out of that 
organ donations and and uh, rallies across the hockey world, uh, literally around the world. Yep. So, uh, terrible, terrible tragedy, and never, never escaped that. But out of that always comes some sort of good. Absolutely, absolutely. Quick transition. Uh, we'll cover it all. Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Uh, their playoffs are getting underway as well. Um, Manitoba's always put on good hockey. Um, they've always been a very, um, very high-end developmental area in terms of producing quality hockey players. Um, they don't get quite the, the they don't get quite the press or the um, the success in players that move on from there. Uh, there, there's been recently a split regarding the northern and southern divisions in the mj in, in the mj in 2018 uh that league split into divisions of basically northern and southern for the purposes of travel because it is so far from one end of manitoba to the other uh unfortunately what that separated was several of the um the native teams the first nations teams from the southern teams which were not uh, in native communities. So what, you know, there was obviously because of the, the relations, the there was controversy over it, but you have to, a year and a half later, you have to salute those communities because they, they suffered some setbacks because of the split, but they really, in the case of OCN and Nipawa and, uh, and some of the northern teams there, uh, Weiwei, they really rallied around those teams. And, they have and re- recruiting and development has stayed on target, and they've really uh, they've really come behind those teams and made sure that the kids still have a place to play and a place to get better. Yep, absolutely. Um, the matchups in in the MJ for this year's playoffs: Wayway and Swan Valley. Verdon plays Winkler. Dauphin plays Portage. And uh, the Steinbeck Pistons uh, have a first-round matchup with the Winnipeg Blues. So there's your MJ um, matchups as we, we quickly kind of just give an overview here. Again, this is episode one of our uh, developmental hockey um, podcast, if you will. Uh, a split-off, a sequel, if you will, to... <laughs> War Room, the hockey podcast, which is not stopping, by the way. We're not transitioning here. Uh, We're doing both. Uh, This is the first episode in our official split, just to a continued reminder. Um, So two episodes a week. Um, Episode one, again, just a quick overview through. We are through the BCHL, the AJHL, the SJ, and now the MJ. Uh, The Central Canadian Hockey League, their playoffs don't begin yet. They begin in the next couple week couple days if not in the week week or so yeah major junior is uh is that is that what you're talking about two weeks away no this is the cchl junior oh i okay okay still going coast to coast here all right um same with uh the superior international junior league they'll begin here in the next couple days if not week or so uh ontario junior hockey league their playoffs begin uh in the coming days as well. So as we move further east, 
their seasons are not over yet. Um, BC and AJ obviously are playoffs are underway. Things are beginning as you move farther east, uh, but not all the playoffs have begun throughout. That's the Ontario Junior Hockey League as well as the Quebec Junior Hockey League uh, have not begun yet. Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, their playoffs uh, are underway as of now. And the only matchup, the only game so far, the only matchup so far uh, that has any outcome is the Sioux Eagles and the Espanola Express. They're playing in their wild card matchup in the Northern Ontario uh, Junior Hockey League. As a, a matter of clarity, most of the kids that played in Junior A, I shouldn't say most, I don't know what the exact percentage is, a lot of them go on and get educations yep. and they're, they get really good educations, whether it's Canadian university or if they get into the NC2A, yep. but, and they're extremely good hockey players and it's very, very good developmental hockey. So if you, if you have hockey TV or if you have a chance, if you live in Canada, you're not far from any of this, uh, whether it's from major junior down to provincial junior B, but if you live in the U S do yourself a favor. If you can find these guys, uh, look this stuff up on, on hockey TV or, or someplace on your favorite, uh, interweb site. <laughs> uh, because these are, these are guys that you are going to occasionally see come out of these circuits and make it, uh, Scotty Upshaws, the Colton Pareko, um, Kerfoot, New Hook. I mean, you've got, uh, and Fabro, these are guys that are coming out of these leagues that are going to make, uh, they're going to make a difference. They're going to earn pro paychecks for a long time. So it can be done. And, and even in the absence of that, if, if forget the star power, these guys are getting educations and Agreed. they do a really good job of keeping them on track. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Maritime junior hockey league is the final one in the junior, in junior a, uh, all the way, uh, Nova Scotia and that whole area. They uh, begin their playoffs here, the same as the as the OJ and everything in the next couple days or a week or so. Uh, transitioning uh, major junior, they uh, the WHL for example, their playoffs begin end of March. March twenty second is the end of their regular season in the WHL. Um, it'll be similar for the O. It'll be and the similar Q. across the board there. It just like it is in junior A. Yeah. Um, it's just. A few days to a week difference, uh, depending. Uh, matchups uh, so far, standings wise, uh, Portland uh, would play Seattle. Portland Winterhawks and Seattle Thunderbirds in the first round. Kamloops would play Kelowna in the first round. Now, Kelowna, uh, those listening, Kelowna has a buy. Well, not a buy, they, they're an automatic bid into the Memorial Cup because they are the host. So they could get eliminated in the first round, and they will still be there come Memorial Cup time. They are the hosts, but they do play Kamloops. And um, based on seeing Kamloops play throughout the season, if that's any indication, it might be a lopsided series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everett will play Spokane, and Vancouver will play Victoria to close out the U.S. and B.C. divisions there. In the Central and the East, Edmonton will play uh, Saskatoon. Prince Albert will play Calgary. And then you have Lethbridge playing Medicine Hat and Brandon playing Winnipeg. 
Hats off to Winnipeg. Good year for first year in the league. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and take a sentimental favorite. I think the Lethbridge Hurricanes are going to win this win this league. Win the league going into the Memorial Cup or win the Memorial I, Cup? I think they're going to win the dub. Win the dub. Win the dub and get a, a ticket to the Memorial Cup. And then, so they'll be the second ticket to the Memorial Cup. Then. Correct. Okay. You heard it here first. You heard it there. Yes. I I I like. Uh, Edmonton, Edmonton has played good hockey all year. They've been very consistent. It's going to be good. There's going to be three or four teams that will not surprise you coming out of that league. Yep. Anything you want to add through the junior leagues that we've we've touched on? Nope, uh, so far, we got it. I think now, this, we, this seems kind of rapid. I do. We, I do want to just overview of things, but before we go into next week and more, dive more into details, just a welcome and an overview of, of different things. But if there's anything you want to add. Feel free um, before we get to our developmental talk at the end here. Well, if we're, if we're talking about the playoffs, uh, and yes, we talking about playoffs. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's practice. Never mind. Yeah, that's play- playoffs. practice. Playoffs. Uh, you've you've got to you got to presume that Ottawa and London are going to be at the top of the Ontario League. They've been there all year. They've been juggernauts. They're loaded with talent. In the playoffs or in the regular se- end of the regular season in, standings? In the playoffs. You you have to presume that you're going to have to go through Ottawa or London or maybe both to get to the uh, to get to the top of the Ontario playoffs. Well, in today's day and age, technology in front of us, let's look at the standings, shall we? Oh, you're going to... Ottawa, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Confuse me with facts here, aren't you? Ottawa, 95 points in the Eastern Conference. That's... 20 some points ahead of Sudbury which is second place at 66 Did you just uh, do The OHL does something weird they do some weird Sudbury's listed as second in second with 66 but there's several teams Oshawa included below them at 72 so they they do something weird with their standings by, by division Yeah Yeah that might be it you know yep. There you go but Ottawa is running away with it. And they're stacked. They're not, again, not so much as not so London, not so much. They're no. first place, but they're three points ahead of the second place team in I know. the West. So, but London will look a little bit like North Dakota. Yeah. Every year. Oh yeah. They they could mess around at the in the top two or three of their division all year long, but nobody wants to go through London in the playoffs. Let's, while we're at it here, seeing as it is the overview, uh, let's look at the queue here real quick. Well, before you do, let me tell you about the queue. While we're telling everybody how it's going to work out, I'm not trying to make you not watch. I'm not going to tell you what how the end is going to be. But the queue is going to be interesting because there are at least, as even though Sherbrooke has been a runaway favorite all year long. They've 100, been a, 102 points. Yeah enormously successful season and a huge uh, a huge favorite to win uh not far behind is uh, Moncton Wildcats Chikutami and Ramuski any of those four just because of some of the talent that they have on those rosters any of those four depending on again health and goaltending yep yeah but it uh, you know what if you got man I can I cannot stress enough if you get a chance watch these playoffs Find a way to watch the, these playoffs. They are so passionate, and you're watching stars that are going to be in the show for the next 
20 years, some of them. Agreed. So get a chance. Go see it. Push for the Memorial Cup there in Major Junior. Uh, yep. Real quick, um, before we transition and spend at least a few minutes on developmental hockey, on the developmental side of things, um, I do want to touch on something that doesn't get a whole lot of mention from us um, in the original iteration of War Room. Uh, so I want to change that with, with this one uh, is NCAA. They don't get talked about enough. They get mentioned in terms of uh, Junior A producing players that that commit at a high rate of consistency to NCAA, um, but NCAA hockey is really on the rise in terms of producing professional quality hockey players and quality men in the in society as well with the education of things, right? So yep. They're they're doing tremendous. Their their conference tournaments begin this weekend, across the board, uh, March sixth. Um, and those conference winners all get a ticket to the frozen conference winners not, uh, to the uh, to the playoffs, right? Conference winners get an automatic bid to the Frozen Four. They get an automatic bid to the sixteen team Frozen Four tournament. Okay. okay. To the national tournament, the winners of that get the automatic bid, and then the rest get filtered in through your typical um, voting system and, and seating and whatever else. Um, but your your tournament winners will will do that, will get your automatic bid. American International is your number one seed in Atlantic hockey. It's the same conference as Air Force and um, Rensselaer and, or not Rensselaer, sorry, RIT and Army, Niagara and all that. Um, Big Ten Conference, your number one seed there is Penn State. In the Penn, in the Big Ten, that that includes Notre Dame, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. Poor Wisconsin, they're struggling. They are so far in last place; it's ridiculous. They've got a lot of talent, though. I mean, they've got some high end talent. They've got the Zegers kid there, right? Yep. And uh, Caulfield. Yep. Aren't those two guys together? I think so. But they're in last place, so they're not not doing well. Uh, and our old pal Tony Granado yep. is there. If I'd shout out to that guy, one of the fine quality human beings in our game. ECAC conference Cornell is your number one seed. That's going to be your uh, the same division as Yale, Union, Harvard, Brown, Colgate, Clarkson, Quinnipiac is there as well. Um, your f- top four seeds in that conference will get a buy into the second round. That's Cornell. RPI, Quinnipiac, and Clarkson. Am I correct here? And I shouldn't say much about anything to do with university, anything, but I need to leave that to the people who have actually attended a university. But uh, is it correct that the Ivy League schools do not scholarship? What's the status of that? If, does, if anybody out there knows what's going on with that, let me know. I've, it was my understanding, right or wrong, that you can get scholar, uh, hockey scholarships to any place with a Division One school, but not in the Ivy League. And I don't know that if, that's, if I understood that correctly or not. Okay, here it is. Ivy League, Ivy League scholarships or a full scholarship to schools like Brown, Princeton, Dartmouth, Yale, Harvard, Penn, Columbia, or Cornell. The fact is, the eight Ivy League colleges don't offer scholarships. 
If by scholarship they mean financial aid, then the answer is yes. If they mean scholarship in terms of scholarship, like yeah. full-ride scholarship, Free. they do not offer scholarship. Okay. okay. So there's there's that. But they, yep, they don't. Um, for hockey purposes, they'll do, they'll, I'm sure they're allowed your typical recruitment stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure with that is, and I'll use air quotes here, some leeway in you in terms of scholarship regarding like we just read financial aid type stuff mm-hmm. um but they do not offer so. full ride scholarships okay. the way other schools do so which is interesting which i guess from a hockey perspective you could argue good on teams like Harvard and your teams like that that compete every year despite not having this recruit classes that other schools do based on scholarships right and there's there are really really good players coming out of all those ivy league schools right now cornell being the best example this year but wow uh these are schools and guys that that really make an enormous commitment to uh to getting this done absolutely but look at the look at the degree you get If, if nothing else you get the prestige of having that degree 100%. One hundred percent. Hockey East, Boston College is your number one seed. Connecticut is your fourth seed. They're playing pretty well. Um, Massachusetts is second. Uh, Northeastern is your eighth seed. And they do in their conference tournaments. They do a typical um, one versus eight, two versus seven yeah. uh, matchup uh, in their conference tournaments. Again. A reminder for NCAA, because we don't talk about it as much, conference tournament winners get automatic bids into the national tournament, your 16-team tournament for the Frozen Four. NCHC, your number one team far and away is North Dakota. Far and away, uh, which is not where they were at the beginning of the year. Remember, we looked at it earlier. It's not where they were. And this they, goes back a generation. Yeah. This is a, Honestly, this is a generation old. Nodak starts the year in a most mediocre fashion. Maybe not even ranked, and at the end of the year, nobody wants to play Nodak. I don't know how they do that. They go through coaches, they go through players, they go through administrations, and they're the same every year. So good on them. They do it right. Um, no they're kidding. they're they too are a one verse eight, two verse seven uh, system in their conference tournament. Uh, North Dakota uh, number one. They'll play Colorado College, the eighth seed. Uh, Denver, Denver, for example, is the third seed. They'll play Nebraska, Omaha. Duluth is your second seed. They'll play Miami of Ohio. Uh, then you have Western Michigan and St. Cloud thrown in there as well for their conference tournament. Right now, looking at it, though, for the NCHC, it's probably going to come down to Duluth, Denver, or Nodak as your conference winners, you know, in, some- at least in that one. Something just dawned on me here, checking my own foolishness. I'm sitting here saying, how does NODAC do that every year? How do they do that between October and March every year? And yet, we're doing a podcast on developmental hockey. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> they, do, they do it right in terms of what we're, what we're talking about. So Okay, I hope I'm the only one who caught that. But... <laughs> wow, what a yes, what a blunder. Well, anyhow, the, you know how they do it. They they 
draft right and they develop right and and we'll get to more of that soon absolutely and to close it out uh, so we can transition into our uh, quick discussion on developmental hockey and the introduction as to where we stand on things um wcha is your final conference here minnesota state is your number one seed there mavericks um alaska anchorage is your eighth seed uh they too do a, a one verse eight two verse seven uh, system uh, Alaska and Bowling Green, Northern Michigan and Michigan Tech, uh, Lake Superior and Bemidji, are all your eight eight teams there in that in that uh, conference. So, again, interesting time. Uh, NCAA uh, playoffs begin this weekend. They will first round, and they because they're in school, they do weekend weekend. So the first round will be done this by the end of the weekend, and the second round will be next weekend. So I un- think unlike junior hockey or anything like that, the playoffs don't happen every other day or in the middle of the week, like with junior A on Wednesdays. Right. Sometimes they happen on school. weekends uh, because of school. So, so look think- for that this weekend and for the next few weekends leading into the national tournament, which will commence, if I have my dates correct, uh, in April sometime. I think it, yeah, it's it either... April 7th or something yeah, like that. Yeah, usually the first week of April. First weekend of April or something that the, the, it starts, the f- first round of the national tournament begins. So Again, look don't for that. miss that. That is passionate, passionate hockey. It is because they're playing for their schools. They're playing for the student section. They're playing for the logo on the front. They're not playing for a paycheck. They're not playing for anything of that regard. So you could argue along with junior hockey, but you could argue NCAA hockey is the most fun to watch because it's there's no skin in the game other than love of the game and and school pride. Yep. So and it really that starts uh before I move before I move on to that just for a second I w- Alaska Anchorage brings up a curious thing for me. And you know our local friends here the Campbells there, I believe they had three sons that played. Two of them were captains at Alaska, and Alaska or Alaska Anchorage. I should know that. I think it's Alaska Anchorage. Two schools. I believe it's Anchorage, but and I should have known that before I launched into this. I, you know, some sometime, at some point. Now we're forty some episodes in. I'm going to look some of this stuff up prior to to going on air. Yeah, that would pay off. A little slow on the uptake. <laughs> anyway, these guys, the the thing about whether it's Alaska or Alaska Anchorage is irrelevant. The travel from there to Bowling Green, look at what, I mean, these are guys that not only they're going to school and getting good degrees, they're practicing, working out, and Mike, you're spending a full day on an airplane getting somewhere. That's a, that's a, Amazing. I mean, people don't think about that as much. You go from Michigan to Michigan State or Ohio State, it's an hour and a half bus ride. Well, I remember when I went through Michigan and everything for that tournament that I played. You were at Northern, right? Was it Northern? With my um, minor AA team, and we went through all the way. We visited Northern Michigan University. Okay. And we, we played in that area, and we were on a bus. A nice, a nice, comfortable bus, but a bus, and I mean, it wasn't from one end, and this is if you're going one end to one end on a bus, it was eight hours. Wow. But that's still better than a whole 
day on on airplanes just to get to one place, play play one game or two, yeah. and then just to come home. So, um, do you think their coach or anybody um, makes them do it without? iPods or anything? I don't know. Some guys are just old school that way. You know, I can't imagine it, but I, I suppose it happens. What a, what, a, what a travesty that would be. They'll never get guys to come there. Don't say that out loud. No guy, nobody ever want to go play for that guy. I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, do, do you think their coach makes them get on an airplane and fly from Fairbanks, Alaska to... to pick, any- a, pick a someplace in the, in the middle of the United States or the East Coast and... They're not allowed to bring their iPods because, hey, come on, guys, you got to see the scenery and you got to you got to take it all in, right? It was only a suggestion. It was only a suggestion. Well, I know you it was a suggestion because I still brought my you iPod. You took your iPod. So you and your brother both. I, I, we brought our iPods. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because I found that interesting. Five and a half hour plane ride from Denver to Alaska. Oh yeah, don't bring that stuff, guys. Don't do that. And then, oh, by the way, while we were there, 10-hour bus ride, 10-hour nature scenery bus tour, and then and, and then after ride. that, an 8-hour or so train ride, and then after that, a 10-hour bus ride from where we were staying down to our cruise ship. But, oh, don't bring your music. You know, of all the things that you could remember from that trip, <laughs> that's the one. I remember, that's the one that stands out. I remember plenty. I remember... I remember the wonderful guys that took care of us and and took cleaned our rooms making those towel animals and things. I remember plenty. I remember room service with my brother on the cruise ship watching movies and room service. I remember a lot, but I just I find that I found that funny. <laughs> All that and guys don't 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 bring your music. Don't do that. So I just in our discussion of Alaska, I'm just curious if maybe their coaches who might be around your age would would think hey don't bring your headphones don't don't do that so i'm it's a it's a valid question in my opinion you know right now in 2020 guys don't walk from the bus to the dressing room they don't walk 112 steps without their headphones on Mm -hmm. all right so i'm just saying if that's the case i'm sure that the uh, i'm sure the devices are hundred percent permitted on the flights from Anchorage. Well, I would Fairbanks assume so, I would assume so because they throw on their headphones at the hotel when they're getting on the bus. So they're listening to it on the bus ride to the rink, to the dressing room, and then guess what? They're listening to it in the locker room while they get ready. I know, which is the way it should be. Don't get me started. The way it, that's the way it should be. Why do you insist on stirring? Because why do do it's that? the way it is, and it's the way it should be. Guys should have the right to f- do a flyby celly at the bench after scoring. Guys have a right to listen to music on in you in know, their I, own time and their own preparation. Can so. you hang on just a minute? I need to return a text message while you're while you're yammering away. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, transitioning here, we'll close this out. Our little introduction here to developmental hockey with a brief overview and and things of where we stand with developmental hockey because i know it's something that you wanted to mention before we finished today so we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with you
This segment of War Room, the hockey podcast is sponsored by Maple Rock, organic family grown and produced maple products from five generations of proud Canadian traditions. The highest quality maple syrup and a full line of artisan maple products and gifts for every occasion. Check out maplerock.com. That's maplerock, M-A-P-L-E-R-O-C-H.com. Also sponsored by our friends at ABK Restoration. Fire, flood, smoke, and other repairs and restoration done right. When misfortune strikes, remember ABK Restoration. ABK, we make it right. As we come back, War Room the Hockey Podcast, our developmental uh, podcast, if you will. I guess we can call it a separate podcast, kind of. Yeah. It's a whole other, whole other avenue to separate, kind of make things clean. As we come back, we want to give an overview. I've been saying that a lot this episode, but we want to give an overview of where we stand. Uh, not only playoff hockey in junior and NCAA, which is the epitome of developmental hockey, if you will, but also where we stand with it and our views on it. Um, it's something that is near and dear to both our hearts. So developmental hockey, let's touch on it real quick um, before we close the, close it out this week. Yeah, I think we should. That was originally the idea behind this whole endeavor. Yep. Uh, because so much uh, so much attention is paid um, in, in video, radio, podcast, and, and uh, everywhere else to the NHL, and not enough discussion takes place around players developing. And I'm telling you, there, and it's not my opinion, the greatest players in the game, take Crosby, McKinnon, McDavid, they're all developing until the day they retire. Wayne Gretzky will admit that he never stopped learning and developing and looking for ways to improve from the time he was four years old until he retired from the show. So if you're a coach... If you have kids in minor hockey, if you're a minor hockey player, if you're a minor hockey coach, if you are involved anywhere in the game, or if you just love the game like most of the rest of us do, pay attention to development because it never changes and it never stops. It, in order to do that, it takes character, right? Yep. You have to have the character to want to develop because at some point you have to, you have to realize that whether you are a bantam or a midget, or whether you make it to junior hockey at some level, you play in, in university, or if you earn a paycheck in the coast or in Europe or in the AHL or the NHL even, that at some point your career is going to end. And so you want to make the most of that. What are you going to be remembered for? You're going to be remembered for your character. You're going to be remembered as a good teammate. It runs... It runs in the best of players. You can't get by without it. There, there are insurance agencies and implement dealerships full of guys with talent and no character or lack of character. Make sure you develop it. I know that's the way you want to raise your children. It's the way you want to grow up yourself. Make sure that your character is, is at the forefront. At some point, everybody's going to be a marginal player, right? Save for... Sid or Stamkos or Tavares or somebody like that. I mean, the, the top players, what are there? Maybe less than a dozen in the world who are not marginal players, who aren't fighting for a job every night. Yep. Maybe. So if you're the top peewee player in town 
and you graduate to the next level, Pee-wee AAA, or you move on to Bantam and Bantam AAA, and you get into, uh, you know, you maybe you get drafted by Major Junior or Junior A. Now you're developing into a junior player. Every time you make a step, you're now marginal. You're now the guy who needs to catch up to everybody Well, you're else. now at the bottom. Yeah. And you now have to work your way up. You've got to start. So getting drafted is just the beginning. Being asked to play on a team is just the beginning. Now you have to prove that you belong. And then once you prove you belong, you have to prove that you're going to excel. Yep. And it's all part of development. And it's all part of the humility that says, I've been blessed with some gifts in, in playing this game. But if I don't work hard every day, if I don't work hard all summer, if I don't study film and learn and pay attention to the details and learn from my teammates and be a good teammate, I'm going to get passed over. Yep. My, my, they can all bench press. They can all shoot hard. They can all dangle. It's character that separates them. Yep. So I, we, we do. We, we, owe it, um, we owe it to the game that we love to do it. To give back, but to do it right. Yep. To do we it did. right. The emphasis, as great as it is to win, and as much as I am a firm believer that trophies for participating hurt people, <laughs> um, there needs to be a balance between winning and that kind of pressure and fun. And not only that, but we also owe it if we're if we're in a position like a coach to give back to the next generation of players the right way and to not be blinded by wanting to put you know a dominant force of a team on the ice every night at, at a peewee bantam level right. a squirt peewee bantam level for the sake of what wins some extra funds into the association extra funds into your own pocket yeah. and and do it and but instead, do it to develop young men and young hockey players. And if that means if that means you're a hardworking team and you win a championship, awesome, good for you. If that means you didn't, then you work harder next time and you teach these these young, growing young men how to deal with adversity and how to overcome. It's all part of it, and so you got to do it right. So, well, look at the. the it's not mutually exclusive. If you pay attention to character and you develop character and you insist on that character, show up for practice, be there early, stay late, be the best, the hardest working guy on your team, be the good teammate, uh, look for ways to become a better person on and off the ice. That doesn't mean that you can't have develop skill at the same time. Agreed. You don't, you don't have to have one or the other. Yep. So why not? Because at some point, like I said earlier, your, your career's going to end. You might be 15, you might be 40, but your career's going to end. And you're going to be dumped back into a beer league dressing room the way I have been. The majority of people are. Everybody so. ends up in the same place. And what do you want in there? You want a good guy. Yep. Like, I don't, nobody cares how, how dazzling your skill is. You can either be a guy like, you know, you can either be Yakupov with every opportunity in the world and some skill and for whatever reason, just never could catch, uh, could never catch his stride. Or you can be an undrafted guy. You can be a Curtis Joseph and, and 
be you know in the top ten all time in every category there is. It's and it's all character. Absolutely. So don't overlook it. Uh, look for it. Develop it. And if you are uh, if you're in business, you're in hockey, you're whatever you're doing. If you're, I mean, there's no place that you shouldn't look for the same attributes because at some point that's what's going to be left. Yep. Agreed. So anyways, uh, it's kind of where we stand. hope you guys have enjoyed this in- quick introduction into the developmental side of things, which is um, maybe it wasn't maybe meant to be the sole focus from the beginning, but it was meant to be the underlying theme from the beginning. And at least this way, now we can separate it and now we can enjoy talking professional hockey, but also then take some time to talk the junior side of things and proper development and all all those tremendous things, but all those pivotal things that and integral things that you need. They're all woven to, together. They, they really are. They're all woven together. So we hope you enjoyed it. Um, on the original War in the Hockey podcast, we always ask what we're looking forward to this coming week. Uh, I think we can all agree on what that is. Um, Playoff hockey, the push for the playoffs, different things like that. Um, But here on the developmental side of things, uh, keep your head up and don't be afraid to go to work. So I'm Evan Rauer, host of War Room the Hockey Podcast, and now very pleased to bring you uh, War Room the Developmental Hockey Podcast. And thank you for joining for the second time this week in studio. My pleasure, as always. Uh, this will be another fun endeavor, uh, another fun side of side of things, another fun thing to talk about each week. So I'm looking forward to it. And I'm Evan Rauer with War Room Hockey across the board, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. <laughs>